0: everyone welcome to better homes and dungeons and before we get started a few words from our sponsor adventurers are you tired of not knowing what bear owl hybrid creature is stalking you and your friends worry no more now the new service owl bearable is there to help you whether you're being pursued by a polar bear barn owl hybrid or a screech owl grizzly bear or the deceptive yet deadly snowy owl koala bear hybrid you know that Owlbettable will tell you exactly what's about to kill you. Now, Ben, um, thank you for joining me again. Thank you, thank you.
1: I was just updating my app. Uh, it turns out I have a lot of the uh, pocket owl uh, teddy bears in Oof. the region. So it's a like, lot of small I mean, children.
0: They're, they're a regional one and they're more of a nuisance rather than a threat. Actually, but, yeah, Ben, it's Ben, a good time, I've got an idea. We might take this offline. We should definitely do an owl bear compendium, and just randomly compare compare owls and bears. Bring out it, bring it out as a fifth-ed supplement. Sit back and let the money roll in. What do you reckon? There go. Yeah, I All right, think. Cool.
1: I, th- I think absolutely. All right. Just just in plushies alone.
0: Ooh, Ben, that's where the money is.
1: It is. <laughs> So yes, no, thank you for having me back today,
0: Josh. I really appreciate it. It's, it's a pleasure. It's it's very much a pleasure getting to chat to you. Um, now we've got some pretty cool questions um, from everybody. Now the, the main question I wanted to ask, um, and this is one that's kind of been on my mind for a while. How does one in a tabletop roleplay game, how does one play an asshole without being an asshole. Now, um, at uh, Kieran of the Dark Peaks, or who goes by at Peaks on Twitter, um, their answer for this was to explain the point of your actions before you do it, uh, explain the character's point of view, how they're thinking this, um, it's slightly, and I'm just reading out the tweet almost verbatim, it's slightly metagaming, but it shows that you are making sure that they understand your asshole character, which will stop them just being so. Ben, what's what's your take on this all right so my answer to this question is uh
1: is the carnegie hall answer so to speak very carefully right how do you get to carnegie hall practice Practice, right how do you how do you right that's how you get to carnegie hall how do you play an asshole without basically burning your rest of your table and i would say very carefully is is the short answer but in in I guess, true Zen Cone fashion, there's a lot to unpack there, right? Um, and I thought about this all day, ever since I, I saw the question kind of posted. And in my opinion, there's a few elements to, to playing an asshole without being an asshole, right? Um, and one is is very most, first and foremost, consent, right? Talk to the your rest of the people at the table and let them know what your intention is for the character, That you'd like this character to be kind of a dick, right? So that they know what they're dealing with, right? Because everybody's got probably at least one friend who's kind of a jerk about something, but they keep them around for a particular reason. Um, You know, either they owe them a favor or... Or they owe them favors, or they've grown up with them for many years, or they went through some kind of trying school with them, or in the service with them. There's some element to that person for why they stick around. And so you need to make sure that everybody on the table is invested in this character concept, that they're gonna play with you about it. The other part to this that I would say that is really important in my mind is that the character is an asshole in just one way right there's somebody mm. that they don't like and get along you can't make them an asshole about everything nobody hangs out with an asshole who's an asshole about everything i can say asshole a few more times if you let me But Look,
0: honestly <laughs> this is australian pg so we could go for different anatomy and no uh, no we, we won't we won't um all right, good, good. I, I think it's but, but yeah i mean it's, it's kind of like one element sorry, no, I think that's right. good because I mean, okay, I know that. Well, um, and and to, to
1: take it a level deep, just finish this okay. thought. Yeah, really, yeah, please, to, please. To, to to take this a level deep, I saw this on a on a a tweet from somebody that another game designer, and so I'm going to shamelessly steal from them. Sorry, Crystal. Um, is that, and and it wasn't even it meant to be. I think gaming inspiration, but it, it suited well, and that is people tend to lose the ability to feel empathy towards other people when they when that other group is involved in a trauma in the person's life i may not dig corporations because i went through a horrible corporate experience right so i have a real hard time sharing or being empathetic what happened i lose my call
0: nope there you are i think that was mine i'm going to turn my camera off um, so um, you were saying people in trauma?
1: Well, I was saying is that people who suffer trauma from a particular group, um, often then lose the ability to feel empathy towards that group. Right. Hmm. So, you know, if I have a horrible corporate experience, I may have difficulty feeling, uh, f- feeling empathy towards corporate drones people working in corporate environments, right? I just don't, I think they're corporate drones and I can't handle them. And and that's what my character then becomes a jerk towards, right? That's one example. But I thought that's an excellent way to not only build in a reasoning for why a character is an asshole towards other characters, you know, that is internal to their history rather, and and puts a focus on it as well. Because like I said, I really don't think it, it... anybody over long periods of time, especially not in let's face it. In most role-playing games, you're facing life and death situations. Nobody goes through life, multiple life and death situations over and over again with somebody who's an asshole about everything, unless they are forced to by, say their nation's military, right? And they have no choice or they're stranded and the variety of situations. But in most cases, we figure that game groups are together consensually or character groups are together consensually. Um, in their situations. And, and so that's why I say, you know, make sure there's consent, give your, your, your asshole one way of being an asshole. And, and in that other sense, relate it back to something in their past so that it, it gives, you know, a more poignant reason. And it also potentially gives a way to either grow past it or to, you know, grow deeper into it through the course of the adventure. There's a way to grow through being an asshole.
0: So, Your response is go deeper into the arse... sorry. Dive.
1: Dive into that dark, dark wave. (laughs)
0: Um, I think it's... I think it reveals a lot about the complexity of human relationships. That it is a case of like... Yeah, I mean, you know, we do all have that friend who is just terrible. But... The reason we stay with them is like, look, I knew this person in high school, and yeah, they were a dick then too, but, you know, we've known each other a long time, and cutting that off would be very painful. Um, Or, I mean, it, it it could even be a case of like, I've known this, and my god, here comes a lot of Josh's real life stuff. I've known this person through church, and I don't necessarily have the social confidence to make the break away from this person um sure and uh, that can be a part uh, of everything um, i don't know i don't think explaining i mean i agree with you i think consent is extremely important and even preloading the this is this person is an asshole in this way is the right way to do it um but i'd say even then you don't have
1: have to share the back the backstory i mean yeah yeah that you don't need everything
0: yeah It, it, it could be you know this this person i i no i look i don't want to make anyone feel called out um sure but it in the midst of an adventure um and your character does something that is you know and the whole table is yelling no
1: Okay, so that can go either
0: way because it's like you can have some great moments with that and some horrible moments. And it's that weird, like, which way does this go? Well, this is so this
1: is and I'm going to fall back to Ars Magica because my design space springs from that. Well, at least. Right. So this is if it's a, in a sense of virtue. Right. These are the stories. Yeah, it's tough to say being an asshole is a virtue, right? But um, if it's an Ars out in the open... Magica. kind, of, Sure, Ars Magica. Yeah, All right, there we go. So um, if it's a, a virtue, because in Ars Magica you have virtues and flaws for your characters. Mm. If this is, and the best way I describe those is that, and thank you David Chart, is that virtues are the stories that you know are going to happen and flaws are the stories you're going to be surprised with. Right, so if it's if it's kind of an out in the open element of the character, that that is blatantly part of the story, then I'm gonna expect it to be in part of the story. The rest of the table, because they've given consent, knows it's out there. Pardon me, so they know that when you know the corporate drones pull up to explain to us how we're not allowed to park in this, you know, our shadow runners are not allowed to park in this area, and they're out of the way. I'm gonna be a jerk about this. I'm gonna not only like paralyze them, but then I'm going to set their car on fire and make them watch, right? Knowing that they're going to get billed for it. I didn't have to set their vehicle on fire. I did it anyway because I'm a jerk, right? Whereas if it's a surprise that's coming up, we'll be getting it going and maybe we're in part of the run and we've got somebody who's helping us with something And we've got a chance to, you know, help that person escape as we're being chased by somebody else. And he says, you know, the guy stops and says, man, they are never going to believe me when I tell them about this, uh, you know, tomorrow at at Night Errant or whatever, you know, Hmm. uh, at at Aztec Corp. Right. And then suddenly my character goes, wait a minute, you work at Aztec Corp? Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. Aztechnology, I think is what it is. No, I was going Tech. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, right, because, sure, <laughs> I see what you did there. We're going to get to the bottom of this. All the way in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and so when that guy reveals, oh, I work for, uh, you know, uh, Aztec as, as Corp., you know, Aztec technology, then I, you know, my character suddenly goes, oh, right, um, and that's when I, like, tase the guy and we leave him for the, for security to pick him up you know like why did you do that that guy was helping us the whole time well they know why we did it the Ian character our characters will be like you didn't have to do that why would you have done that to him meanwhile the rest of the table knows that when that reveal happens mm. the rest of them are all like oh or they're like Ooh, right based on whether or not this was suddenly a surprise because they know what my character is going to do based on these things but is it a reveal moment or is it a out in the open moment that kind of plays either way you've got to get the investment but then whether it's going to be a surprise or, or, you know, it's there kind of thing. And I think those two ways of, of handling it, right. Giving those kinds of options of how it gets handled by the GM at the table, mixing those two up, let's, let's them use that element without overdoing it. It becomes something, it becomes, becomes almost like a, a bit or a, a tagline, right. To a certain extent. Um, you know uh, did you ever watch do you ever watch uh, Did you ever watch
0: Letterkenny not all of it um, no, you are the second person to recommend it to me the first is Letterken- a bunny of mine but I've watched a lot of the YouTube bits
1: excellent and so I gotta say Letterken-
0: I, is it Wayne no. is the toughest Wayne, guy in Letterkenny should- yeah
1: he is he is Letterkenny is a secret d d group dressed up as a Canadian uh, Ottawa farm town set of people it's, it is, it's really a D and group. And, um, but, but they have some inner, like between friends, catchphrases, right. They'll say pitter patter, let's get at her. Right. Or, um, you know, a few. right, exactly. And these are bits, right. That help us establish them as a group of friends and that kind of thing. You can use this, you know, this asshole nature, as one of these bits, right? They know when you get the specific kind of set of conditions presented to your character, he's going to be a dick. And that's how it's going to roll. And they embrace it, right? Mm. Because they're already, they've bought in. They've agreed that we're going to have this here. And you also know that there are conditions set for it. So it's not going to be all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other character that makes me think about this is like Rocket Raccoon from Guardians uh. of the Galaxy. Because Rocket's, He's my favorite. He's, he's my an favorite asshole. Buddy. He is. But you he, have an understanding as to why. Exactly. Because he's someone dealing with intense levels of trauma. But why do they keep him around? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, he's very good at what he does. Yep. Second of all, um, I think it says a lot about his relationship with Groot. Yeah, that is definitely. like when you have at least one or two good, wholesome relationships in your life, you can start that transition from asshole to not an asshole.
1: Sure, that at the end of, of you know Guardians Two, right? The whole yeah. thing with with
0: Yondu. With,
1: or pardon me. Yes, with Young Groot. Right. No, that's absolutely, oh. <laughs> and I can't ever forget that. And his eye. He doesn't need that guy's eye. He just wants it, right? Yeah, but, but think it's how funny about... it'll be. Exactly, and it's always about prosthetics too, yeah. right? Because he's loaded up with prosthetics. Yeah, it's tied to a single purpose. Yeah, there's, right? there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of focus
0: there. But I mean, at the there same is. time, like I think it's because we're outside of the group that we see what Rocket does is very funny, sure, and is very, very amusing. But we're still, I think, affected when he starts the "Hey, I don't." necessarily have to be this way. Right. But it does provide some of the funniest moments like and that guy's leg. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right. See? And that's the thing. It comes into like it right. That's a moment where the where the the focus is a is a is a surprise reveal. Right? Mm. Where the eye is very blatant. We know that's coming. Yeah. Right. We see that the minute we saw the guy with the eye and they needed to escape. But the guy with the leg, that was more of a surprise bit for it. That's my opinion for it like i said i spent a lot of time today thinking about this though i feel like that's a pretty solid answer
0: yeah i, I would agree i mean I'd, I'd like to i'm someone who didn't have safety tools in their game when growing up um Fair. yeah me and either. played a lot during high school where it's like yeah just a bunch of idiots at the table um but but it's one of those things where i think you yeah, like we like that level of consent and understanding. I would also potentially add on if there is a way that the rest of the party can see a way of maybe helping that person or character rather out of that situation. Like helping them yeah. heal, helping them deal. That also, I guess, ingratiates them further into the party and gives them a reason to kind of want to work with them. Yeah, it
1: depends. You, you, you might not decide, you may change your mind on it, but whether or not that the... Whether or not that element of assholery is going to be an opportunity for redemption and growth, Mm. or if it's just going to be a bit, you know, that's part of that conversation, I think. And that's Mm. a a lot of conversation. Let's face it. That's a mature table having that conversation. Yeah. Um, You're right. I would not have had that conversation in the ninth grade. Somebody just would have played a jackass. And they would have just set every wagon on fire every time we were in town. Why did you just set that guy's wagon on fire? Because that's what I do, man. I set wagons on fire.
0: Yeah.
1: And that would have happened.
0: Yeah. So You're I right. guess it's like knowing when to nurture or knowing when to wipe the asshole.
1: <laughs> yes, yes.
0: I've had we that one ready that. for the last 10 minutes. So That's well done. Golf clap. Thank you. Okay, uh, moving on to our next question. Um cool. Jacob uh, Abbott, who goes by J. J Abbott, S-I-U, who, um, for people who listen to the weekly Curse of Strahd, Railway Baron, actual play, yes, it's that Jacob. Um, He has a great question, and this is a question that I think is very, very appropriate for a lot of us right now. Um how do you bring up the conversation of needing a break because of feeling burnt out or being swamped with work to your gaming group? Um, Now, Ben, if I can interject, uh, Jacob, if you ever need anything, you've got my DMs, mate. So I I hope you stay with us forever. Um, But Ben, yeah, go, please.
1: Absolutely. Um, This ties in a little bit if you're into the next question. Um, If you're playing in a troop game, you ask everybody else, you ask who wants to take the next arc if you're not playing in a troop game right if you're the primary gm for the table and you need to take the week off or you're starting to look at being burnt out um there's a lot of strategies um that have been talked about this in a lot of different places um one is trying a different game for a week or two right another one is asking just to to do like one that's a lot less plausible now in the age of of the pandemic, right? Is to do like a movie night or something instead. That, I guess, although there are some fun tools to share screens and watch movies together. So there's still a way to do that. Pardon me. Um, There is... uh, What was the third one that I had in my brain? Oh, there's... You do board game night, right? Uh, Again, in the age of COVID, that's a little bit tougher. But on Steam, there's some... There's a really awesome board game simulator that has just a ton of uh, board game options, or you get one where you can play uh, over the network together. Uh, One of my favorites, Takedo, which is a game. Takedo is lovely. Yeah, it is. And if everybody's friends, you can all play on your mobile, socially distant from each other, taking your turns as you play.
0: I remember um, I saw a question, it was on Twitter or something, or Shut Up and Sit Down, and they're like, which gaming world would you like to live in? And someone, I think, won the competition by saying Tokaido. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, absolutely. my world is going on holiday in Japan, and like going shopping and painting and, and hanging out with people I like. It's like, I think we all want that right now, yeah, actually. <laughs> the
1: most the most jam-packed, pleasant four-day vacation
0: ever. Yes. That would be lovely.
1: Oh absolutely i would be there in a
0: heartbeat can we do that now? can we go right now? that's it you know what everyone listening to this just take a day off just take a day off go for it I am on my second sick day when I'm actually not physically ill but just mentally got a good old case of the screw that's you're not supposed to tell people that one I assure you no one I work with listens to this (laughs) they have better things to do like, cover me when I'm not in the office. Um, Fair. No, we're all working from home. Well, but, we're all fine. Yeah, um, totally. But no, but I, I, are... I would speak into what you said when it's like, play different games. That's something we do. Again, on the actual play thing. Like, we'll, yeah. when I know that I'm like, I can't... I need some time to prep for the next arc. I'll ask someone, hey, does anyone want to run anything? And... My youngest brother, Ethan, is getting ready to run us through Blades in the Dark.
1: Ooh, you are in for fun, if you didn't know that already.
0: Yeah, I've read through, and there's a lot... I love the heist clock. Um, Yes. Clocks are a fantastic construct. I've I've decided I'm going to play a cutter based on Arthur Shelby from Peaky Blinders. Absolutely. Yeah. Um... So I've been practicing my Paul Anderson Arthur Shelby voice and it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's bad. It's, it's not right. getting any it's, better, Ben. It's, it's not getting perfect, any
1: better. It's perfect for you.
0: I'm going to have to get in there. Me <laughs> and the rest of the crew from the Sneaky Finders. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I just got to say, Peaky Blinders is... that show needs a content warning. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, it does Yikes yeah, it does. There's a lot of scenes but that it, I skip through Because it's like, oh, that wasn't necessary That, oh, boys Come on That's gratuitous That's gratuitous yeah. Well, it, yeah.
1: it, it, kind of springboarding off what you're saying there I would also say, you know, when you're trying a separate game Shift tone, mm. right? If you've been playing just a ton of, of Grimdark Zwythander, right uh give fiasco a try right go with go with uh, uh you know or, or paranoia right take it take it take it at a 180 you know shift your genre if you've been playing fantasy try some starfighter right or, or try some traveler something try
0: try honey and... heist go crashes
1: yeah yeah a absolutely. bunch of great
0: howard one pages because they're good fun. right exactly yeah
1: you know and, and then and then after that because yeah nobody drives nobody drives solid forever like nobody yeah. can just go forever you got to you got to do that or or your uh, your game I, suffers i would also say is
0: um one thing to remember and it's extremely important is to remember that the people you play with if they're your friends and I'm making the assumption that they probably are, they probably Gosh, have they, are. they probably have the same kind of feelings for you that you have for them whereby they, they really care about you and what's going on in your life. And yeah, being told hey, um we can't do the thing for fun that we usually do because I am dying inside <laughs> if you let them know maybe not to that extent you know, I'm maybe right, playing right. this up a bit, but if you tell them, "Hey, people, look, I'm just, I'm smiling on the inside and I'm screaming ragefully into the void on the inside, and that's been my life for the last two months." Can we take a couple of weeks away because I'm I'm out of spell slots, I'm out of spoons, I'm out of love.
1: Um, I need I need a week off, please. Yeah. Can we take a week? You know, I and and in some cases it may be. You know, I just need a week off. It's not that I don't want to see or talk to you guys, mm. you know, you, you, you friends, but uh, I, I need, I need a, I need to take, you know, and that's a, that's a valid, that's also a valid one. I mean, yeah. it's figuring out which is the best mental health assessment, you know, as, yeah. as is the common parlance these days, right? Kind and,
0: and of do, do some self care. Yeah, please do. Sit in the bathtub, drink a bottle of cider, read a Terry Pratchett book absolutely i think everyone now knows something about josh um recorder league apple cider for the record um or pear that stuff's great um now i would also say that having the basic empathy to understand that people may be too busy to play right is just basic courtesy and empathy
1: well, the flip side to that, though, is also make sure you give good warning as best as yeah. you're able, right? Four hours before the game, maybe too late. Half hour after the game's supposed to start, definitely too late. But, you know, a yeah. couple days beforehand.
0: Yeah. Try not to let yourself get to that point if you can. Yeah. But if, if you're at that point, your health is more important and just, yeah. just do what you oh, have to
1: do. Yeah. Don't ever try and muscle through if you... You know, more than one game has... More than one table has probably been obliterated out there in the world. Yeah. Because a GM was at the point of of the screw-its with his table and did it anyway. And and rocks fell and everyone died. Yeah. Character-wise. Yeah. God I mean, I to, to it kind of give a bit of a,
0: um, a thing behind the curtain on me, we did record a session of our actual play... Recently, and I I had to run partway through, and I I came back to the table, um, or like just messaging over Twitter and just said to everyone, "Hey, can we redo that? Cause I I I was not in a good place that day. I didn't like it. Can we redo it? And I'll I'll write something better. Nice. And because these are my friends, they said, "Yeah, of course, Josh. That's fine. That's all good, mate. Are you okay? That's fantastic. Do you need to sit down, dude?" I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm dealing with it. I'm just, you know. So yeah, I, I think that's how you do it. Yeah, I agree. I, and I just and hope if anything. I, sorry?
1: Yeah. Well, I just mean, say, with, with the way the world is right now, wherever you are, you know, pandemic in mind, self-care is super important.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And I don't often say anything is super anything.
0: Yeah. No, I, I wanna put out what Mike Duncan um of the Revolutions podcast put out recently. Shame's cancelled, take care of yourself.
1: Outstanding. I concur. Yeah.
0: He's his that Revolutions podcast is great. Um and I don't have a segue for this, but um Man, uh who is my dungeon master, um has asked uh, he he starts with the statement you designed for Ars Magica ask I him did. about troop style play whether he sees it as a specific to a game slash style or a more universal toolkit. Now I want to give a little bit of background on this Cameron oh, Braggerman is my dungeon master I have played with uh, him in the campaign that he was running that Um, someone who doesn't need to be named, but knows who he is, Michael, um, (laughs) destroyed the campaign thanks to the Deck of Many Things and the Fates. Oh, they've, they've destroyed so many games. Yeah, I'm never having them in my world. That just, nah. In fact, no, there are 22 cards. All of them are The Void. That is, that is, like you know, somebody just says,
1: you know, like, hey, let's let's do draws off the deck of many things. That is like, I just want to turn and be like, so you're done with this campaign now, huh? So <laughs> you, just, you didn't you didn't want to play this anymore? We're all
0: finished. Oh, look, it's the void. It. The next person draws. Oh, also the void. <sighs> the third person waits and is like, wait a sec. <laughs> right. This is like playing Russian roulette with a full with a full with like a Colt forty-five. Yep. Wait a sec. There's exactly. no barrels on this thing. That's right yeah it's good times um, but yeah like we, we played troop style and I will say like there are parts of the troop style I like um well, well let's let's hold on before
1: we dig in oh, sure, to what sorry. You like why not. To, you know for a moment
0: Ooh.
1: the narrative yes. as I put on my professor cap troop right. style for those who are unfamiliar with it is a style of GMing your role-playing game where all the members of the group, uh, j- take a turn playing and being the GM. It rotates. So one person's a GM for one arc, then another person's a GM for another arc, and a third person might be a GM for an arc after that, or we could rotate or bounce around. But that's troop style.
0: We played just in case. Differently on that, where it was like each person has multiple characters. Uh with that one is GM part of it. Um Okay. Bragaman. And um we uh, yeah I mean we we played through with that um and we all played different characters which was great like we we invented some very cool characters you know just pouring one out now for Gutty the Gnome um the accountant lawyer wizard um nice and uh, the only thing I didn't enjoy about it was the limitations that were put on the not main player characters okay it's the only thing i didn't really like and i i think i mentioned this to braggerman because um, we did a like a survey where we all said hey look we, we like this or we don't like this um but it was the only thing i didn't like is i'm like there are such cool characters here that i want to expand on like i want to know if ingridor my human lady wizard if she ever succeeds in burning down a noble house in a russian revolution style uprising i want that but it's a valid question uh, yeah and, and 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 i know that it's like look these are supposed to be red shirts but it's like but i'm attached now i'm invested you've done your job too well so
1: i have a lot of things i can say about this okay all right
0: so Please bear in mind out- if we can keep it yeah, fifteen ish minutes. <laughs> absolutely. Have you absolutely. got a laser, so, Ben? Absolutely. Is that a laser pointer? A whiteboard? Oh so, shit! <laughs> yes. All right. Cool. So, sorry, um,
1: I, I don't mean to if, put a no, no, time constraint. No, on no, you. no, totally do, cool. do what you got to do. So, when you if you go out and go looking for uh, articles or things about uh, troop style gameplay, there are not many. Um, there are probably three or four texts. Um, that you might go to Ars Magica uh, first through fifth edition will have a short paragraph probably no more than about uh, well a short section probably no more than 750 words it is kind of the core of where this style comes from and it is two part like you said the part that I'm very much accustomed to which is rotating GMs out of the GM position um, and also the other half of it, which is completely inherent to Ars Magica, so I don't even think of it as it's so internalized to me that I don't rec- remember that it's part of Troop style, but it is, and that's that everybody has multiple characters, right? So, with that basis, the three tech, or three-ish four-ish texts are all of the issue or all of the episodes, editions, words are hard of Ars Magica. Um, the white wolf magazine number 21 from june july 1990 which i happen to have right here with me uh really does
0: people he's holding it
1: i do which uh on page 42 42 secret to life the universe and everything for the old school out there um has you know an article by Jonathan Tweet and Mark Ryan Hagen the creators of the Troop Style about some of the particulars about it it's about four or five pages long um, and it goes into both halves as well it's a pretty good article I hunted it down on eBay uh, and worth picking up it also I did not know this but White Wolf Magazine seriously this issue completely devoted to games of like play by mail and Torque. who knew um, the other <laughs> manuscript.
0: No, I'm, I'm just it, holding up a towel, showing that I got the reference and I'm and I'm engaging oh, with it. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. <laughs> the I third and final food, Josh Zugai who knows who knows where his towel is.
1: Outstanding bistro mathematics for the win. Um, is the last one is a game by Joshua A. C. Newman, uh, which is also about ten years old today um called shock social science fiction but it's sneaky how it incorporates the troop style play because uh shock is meant to be a bit gmless like fiasco but it's meant to be social science fiction where you create this grid of elements in a society that you are like Uh, Star Trek anthropologists going and observing and incorporating with. And so each player at the table becomes responsible for a specific element of the society and that's how they um, become kind of troop GMs. Anytime there is any part of the shared fiction which discusses that specific element, that particular player is the you know, in true academic anthropologist kind of style, right? One of the persons on your team is the expert in a certain element of the mission, right? And these elements of the mission are what you kind of decide as a group. Um, So that is the third, but they're sneaky about it. They don't ever call it troop. It's in a section labeled ownership which talks about the different shocks and the different elements that you have in the course of the shared fiction. Um, That book also I have right here, which is in this kind of cool uh, square style. Joshua A.C. Newman uh, makes some really cool stuff at Neuroglyph Press. Uh, I've been following him for quite some time. He also recently did books of, or the bloody handed name of bronze, which is really kind of cool. Um, he makes interesting things. So those are your three places where you might see examples of troop style. Mm -hmm. And I do not see it as specific to a game style. I do see it as a universal toolkit. Um, But what I see is essential to it. Well, and from a player side, I love troop style play because I have multiple characters. I'm no longer limited to If my cleric dies on this dungeon crawl, I'm stuck playing a rando, or playing monsters. I'm I'm stuck doing something besides playing my character, until we either bring my character back, pardon me, or I have a chance to incorporate a brand new character. Hmm. And neither of those are, I think, terribly fun, because I always feel like the process of incorporating a brand new character to a group is complicated and i think often at least in D style type games often forced
0: hmm.
1: depending unless unless you've been building up a nice roster of npcs along the way right often forced and it never feels as organic or as well integrated as the original character now it's super fun if you can make that arc the second time i've used that phrase in a a night it's a lot of fun if you can work in an arc about bringing your dead character back to life and that becomes a, a big thing to do you know for the group as well because there's more investment into it but i like having this game where i have multiple characters like you said right you've got your revolutionary you've got your gnome accountant wizard right there's a lot of these different arcs to go with and with that, then on the GM side, right? So then there's the GM side where multiple people at the table are each acting as the GM and the key there, right? No matter what game you're doing is to set a certain scope of responsibility. um, That, that you are responsible for doing in Ars Magica. What we would often say is like, if I'm playing in say England, right? I would say, well, anything that happens uh, here in the nor- in the Lakes district or near Scotland, that's that's or the Isle of Man. Those are my stories. And my friend James might say, okay, anything that happens south towards Cornwall or London, um, anywhere through that, that area, that's all my stuff. And so I know that when I run adventures, unless the party for some reason takes it totally off the rails down to that way, I don't plan any of my adventures or my events headed that way. And if I do think I'm going to head that way, I kind of pre-flight, you know, I ask those questions ahead of time and say, Hey, if I go and do X, will this interfere with, you know, at Stonehenge, will this interfere with anything that you have going? And as long as he says, no, that's not a problem. Great. Then I proceed. If he's like, Oh, but don't have them do, you know, don't have them, smash any of the stones at Stonehenge. Whatever you do, just don't make smashing the stones at Stonehenge part of it and we'll be fine. And I can do that. Right. And it's likewise, he'll go to me. And if, you know, can I go to man to talk to somebody there? Do we have a problem with that? And I'll be like, yeah, sure. Here's the NPC. I've already done the development, hand it off. Hmm. So it's nice when you do that because it, it adds, it adds multiple perspectives. I may like wilderness adventures. He likes the intrigue of the court in London right? Um, And so we start to hit different notes. We create more NPCs. I really find that that troop style play can work well even in a game like Dungeons and Dragons by the same token, right? Um, Somebody deals more with the politics in Greyhawk. Somebody deals more with, you know, the raiders from the Pomarge. You, You have a lot of room in these game worlds to spread things out. And when you have multiple characters, in fact, the White Wolf article talks about how they incorporated it, this style, into their rune quest game, where everybody was hanging out at the bar. And it depended on when they would go, or you know, what they were going to do, that uh, one character would come in and ask the other characters who wants to go with them on this particular quest. And that's how they would rotate. People were hanging out waiting for it. Hmm. um that's a long answer
0: but nice. i i am
1: good. i i i yield back the remaining five minutes of my time
0: <laughs> sorry i was just put in mind of that wonderful call to the um california governor where that person yielded 30 seconds and then came back to yield more <laughs> abuse so i was like yeah actually keep <laughs> going
1: right. this is great that's right i don't know. This, this is one of the few times
0: this is one of the few times an american has actually sworn better than <laughs> a Scotsman, and the, I'm, I'm here for that's it. That's right. Um, so yeah, I I would say I like I I think troop style can work in other games. Like reading through Blades in the Dark, I can see oh, where like yeah. the crew could do a job, and then Definitely. you change GMs, you play another crew, and suddenly it's like, okay, it, this crew's been hired because that first crew did a thing and now the other crew's dealing with the repercussions
1: well and i I, uh, my so my sunday group uh has started up a blades game as one of our offshoots Mm -hmm. our crew is a cult right so one session we could be playing certain members of the cult the next session we're playing either new recruits or we're playing other variant members of the cult, right? Mm. There's a lot of room for options there as opposed, and it makes it feel like a larger, more vibrant organization as well. Right. And the, the other part to this for Ars Magica that's important is that Ars Magica is a game that takes place on the course of seasons, right? Everything happens in a season at a time. So, if we do our adventure down in London in spring of, of 1191, the other characters, right. The other wizards, the other companions, they can have their adventures also in the spring of 1191. And these things happen concurrently just Hmm. because we've moved on doesn't mean that season. So when you want to find out whether or not, you know, you've had your revolution while they were off, you know, raiding the actuaries house, you can do that. (laughs) and then these things happen simultaneously and yet they even though they're serial for us and and so placing it in each sequence of time so that you can resolve what's happened it works nicely for having concurrent events as -hmm. well so then when you move on to your next phase or your next arc all of your season actions are complete you can spend a lot of time in that particular season because everybody may have different stories that
0: need to happen then yeah I, th- I think also the fun could be if one group of your adventurers sets like a district on fire in the city, there is the scope for like rotating the GM and suddenly you've got another bunch of characters who are trying to deal with that fire or trying to deal with the problems that other group has started. And that wonderful intersectionality um, would be like, that's going to make stories and it's going to give so much creative like juice at the table it's going to be good absolutely somebody recently
1: did a tweet uh, uh uh twitter they did a tweet asking about who has has honestly contributed um recently to to or you know has over the years you know who's really contributed to advancements in say rpg design mm-hmm. and you know um people had piped up with you know of course you have you have Gary kind of as a foundational or Dave Arneson is foundational type people. But then you have things like Powered by Apocalypse or Greg Stafford, Pendragon kind of thing. And, you know, somebody did pipe up and they said, look, Troop style gameplay is specifically a Jonathan Tweet, Mark Ryan Hagen innovation that nobody else duplicated up to that point. It's really it's something i wish more games kind of took and you have some of that with gmless right gmless they've come to a full troop without any kind of rotation because it's not there but there's something to be said for sequential but yet simultaneous troop style gaming and mm-hmm. i think it's it's really an underappreciated uh mechanic that could that could go a lot of places
0: yeah okay um i hope that my dungeon master is pretty okay with that answer <laughs> i hope he
1: is if he doesn't he can always ping me offline he, he can also love...
0: just drop a rock on my he latest can... character's head i'd rather he didn't but he totally will i will also...
1: riff about Ars Magica any day and twice on sundays
0: i will also say that the other reason i'd love to like you know do the troop thing because i'd kind of love to run something in the world he's given me like a heist right Nice. Yeah. And the solution would be a series of puns. That's cool.
1: I dig that. And I will say, in this article, right, by them, by Jonathan Tweed and, and Mark mm-hmm. Hagan they actually say that it means more gaming in the same world. And that one of the things they note is the Game Master's reward. It says usually a GM runs a campaign based in a favorite world or game system and then never gets to play in that campaign yeah. it's very frustrating when you want to play in this great world you have also made up yet you're the only gm
0: yeah and, and i personally i would love to do that pun laden like heist adventure because i know that i'd think of some like i think of some rip roaring ones and when they like it'd be a long road to that to that discovery of that last pun but, but be i can so just imagine okay because we're socially distant from each other I wouldn't have dice and, like, pencils thrown at me. Yes, correct. But I can would imagine, like, just the sheer yelling I would be witness to, which would be great. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I, I am a uh, fan. Yes.
1: I, I I approve.
0: Yes. I, I think now I've, I've just given the game away, so it's, it's never going to be allowed to happen. So...
1: Oh, you have to um, you have to do long term work it in it's gonna be a long con now
0: yeah <laughs> the longest of cons um now we have one final question this is from uh, Blake oh. Ryan Batman um, who is uh. another Australian and um, and this is an interesting one um this is one I've actually talked about with someone else but I'd love to get your thoughts Ben mobile phones at the table resource mm-hmm. and slash or annoyance for me it's pretty much
1: purely annoyance um i i am a big fan of treeware so uh if i'm gonna run the game or whatnot uh i feel like put the treeware on the table um Mm. if we need it we'll pull it if we need to uh you know i'm here playing this game
0: Mm.
1: whatever's on your phone unless there's something absolutely that we need to go do a quick search on i guess. But for the most part, I, I mean, but I've run tables for a group of 12 to 14 year olds, right. Who were basically living on their phones. And so I, I had to kind of be like, Hey guys, we're, we're playing this game. Let's, let's keep our attention here. Right. Um, but nobody, if you're with a group of adults, right. I think we all know. And you can kind of, Hey man, let's, let's, let's stay off the phone. Let's stick to this. Um, but my personal preference is I don't need a phone. I don't need no. phones at the table. That's fair. Um, and that's that's. There's very few ways.
0: Okay. In, in in my case, um, this is coming from a talk that I had with um Sean Sunday, um, an Australian uh. Does Twitch streaming? Does a lot of graphic design? Does a lot of drawing? I uh, designed the um the players uh, screen for fifth ed which is like a really cool copy of the rules to keep people you know in mind cool um, now he he suffered, he has ADHD okay um, and everyone I'm really sorry if the way I describe this is not right um, I'm trying to make sure I say this in a way that is you know not dehumanizing um, and what he said to me was like look, look for people with ADHD, that phone is actually in some ways really, really necessary because it's it's a stimming thing where it's like, I, in order for me to keep my brain on track, I actually need this because this helps me be, be more comfortable.
1: That is totally fair. Um, yeah. My son is an ADHD kid. Uh, I've seen that firsthand. I've certainly, um, I know personally, I, I've grown a lot in my experience of, of adjusting to that kind of, um, to those kinds of, of needs at the table over the years, you know, when you start to see it firsthand like that Mm -hmm. with, uh, with someone like a son, um, you know, you, you really gain a, a new appreciation for it. Um, and, and yeah, if that's the case where they need that kind of element, absolutely. In which yeah. case, then I kind of be like a communication element, same kind of thing. Um, going back to playing a jerk at the table,
0: right? Talk <laughs> always got to have a talk. It's, it's terrible when it's the DM. Um, although that being <laughs> said, like the DM has to play villains, so they do. Like, I, I play, you know, an evil. Um, vampire railway baron <laughs> because of course like that's how you make curse of Strahd good like you know you turn it into a spaghetti western with no sex crimes you know see it's already better i've improved it
1: you have, you have. yeah
0: i mean you can I improve have, I... any vampire adventure by changing the stakes Everyone, if, really if you could some, see Ben's something. reaction to that. <laughs> just... <laughs> it's, it's something you can really sink your teeth into. Yay. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like I I, I personally think, okay, to, to kind of get back to answering the question for, for Blake. Um, I'm cool with it if someone needs it. it it's like yeah, having I like agree. that person who makes notes and starts doodling. I know the person's listening. That's cool. Like, you know, just they're doodling. Because that's one of the ways they, I guess, occupy a part of their mind while they absorb what we're doing. And how they interact with what we're doing. They doodle. And right. that's cool. Um. But yeah, like on, on that little micro section now of DMs having to play villains. I like the idea of petty evil. Like, I'm not coming I mean, to how? Just... I'm not coming in to destroy your town. That's, that's a waste of my time. I'm coming in to make everyone's lives just slightly more annoying and frustrating.
1: I'm going to take over your general store and make it so you can only buy my products.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, damn. That's something I need to integrate into my game. The company store.
1: I don't accept those dollars here anymore. Only yeah. Barovia bits.
0: Yeah. Although Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. If
1: you'd like if you'd like to trade in all of your all of your coinage for Barovia bits.
0: Yeah. Made and out looks of like Boney. Oh no. I haven't lost the Okay. Yeah. yeah. Barovia, um, Barovia actually...
1: bits made out of bone chips fused together with orphans' tears.
0: Okay, that's that's not what I would do, but the company store is going to make an appearance in my D&D game now. <laughs> because that's petty evil. It's just being an asshole. <laughs> but it's, is, it's
1: just frustrating. There's no peanut butter at the company store because somebody might be allergic.
0: No, no. There's no peanut butter. And it, No, no, no. Because that's almost like a care thing. Like, people being allergic to peanuts is like, yeah, fair enough. No. Ah, right, it's fine. Yeah, there's no I, peanut butter at the I company ne- store because I just don't like peanuts.
1: It's fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or it's too expensive because you can't pay peanuts for it. That's right. Yeah. There's, it's not good. There's
1: only there's only off-brand soda.
0: Oof. Yeah. Um I was going to say people should go listen to the Behind the Bastards um podcast episodes about the war between the miners union and the mine owners because it it, it, okay content warning it's horrific but it's amazing and anyone who ever says you know capitalism's never killed anyone um oh goodness oh boy you're wrong (laughs) so i I
1: grew up in colorado and it's not often discussed even in our local history but they had huge uh coal mine strikes in colorado and uh and they machine like they, gunned them yeah it was not good
0: and they got like, into planes and dropped bombs on them
1: yeah axe yeah. handles and and axe handles and and mobs and shooting and it it is not a pleasant part of history at all
0: yeah or or the or the east india companies which oh, essentially yeah, that's not good that's crown not good sponsored either. private armies to like Nick everyone's stuff and kill a lot of people. Um, so, Ben, um, the, the last question we always ask is always about self-care. Um, okay. You taking care of yourself? You, you've been all right, mate? Uh, you know, I need to get out and walk more, honestly.
1: Uh, a few too many ice cream sandwiches, not enough strolls around the uh, around the pond, but it has also been... Uh, It has also been pretty hot here in Mm -hmm. upstate New York. Um, Let's see. Ninety eight Fahrenheit two Celsius.
0: Thirty five. Thirty six, maybe.
1: Thirty six. It's been thirty six point six repeating. So it is not as the only uh, the only Australian band that I can think of off the top of my head. I think earth, wind and fire and the steaming 45 degrees, but it, it's been pretty rough, um, for the last probably two weeks. Although today it rained buckets, which was nice, but it's been, it's been pretty rough, uh, even into the early evening. So I have not been around the pond as much as I need to, and I need to get down there and, and really
0: walk more. So I, I'd, I'd say, um, as a man who comes from a land down under men at work are pretty good. <laughs>
1: They are. Um, they are.
0: If if you want to be a bit more alternative or direct, and current, uh, yeah. ACDC. Of course, yes. Yeah, I remember being That's... told, "Oh, the ACDC stands for Antichrist Devil's Child." No, no, because no. on the back of a vacuum cleaner, and they thought it sounded cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I. So I'm working. I, I finished up. I did finish up some writing i'm working on on. some other writing um the ice cream is in a sense self-care because feelings are delicious um change cancel it's all good that's
0: right that's right but yeah no i need to get out and walk the dogs a little more my my self-care today was getting on a train going south a bit walking around having a cup of coffee then coming back and cleaning the house and doing the laundry all right yeah i'm a very dull man ben
1: it's a it's allowed. It's allowed.
0: Yeah. I, it's, you know. It's uh
1: I think we're all a little dull right now. Yeah. It's tough I'm, to it's tough I'm to be exciting in a pandemic. Very sharp.
0: I'm exhausted. Um <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So everyone, um Ben, where can people track you down online? And and where can they like give money into the things you do? Oh goodness. Um well i am working on
1: a project for well we've got one it's one of the projects that's on a long slow burn for rpg design camp uh it's where people can watch as we kind of make a project together uh Mm -hmm. i always think of it like the renaissance festival except where where you watch like somebody blow glass or make a sword or something except we're making an adventure um it's taking a longer bit of time than we'd like but we're getting there the other project i would say that's really interesting that i'm working on right now is because you can't ever just have one project one iron in the fire is bloodlines and black magic with storm bunny Ooh. studios okay um that is a modern uh supernatural kind of horror setting with a d20 f- variant I a you know, fifth edition primary variant sort of system to it um I really, I really kind of dig the setting there. Um, and and it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's really, it's a modern supernatural setting that is not World of Darkness. Um, and, and I just finished up with all the playtesting and turnover for Tome of Beasts 2 over at, uh, at Cobalt awesome. Press. So As those guy, those
0: guys... I'm 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 here for that Ben, and as an yeah. unsuccessful entrant to the can you get your monster into the book? I'm yeah, sad.
1: I I okay. So I was busy doing other stuff, and I didn't get to do it as a freelancer into Peace mm. too. But I submitted a monster into the into the pile into the hidden anonymous pile, <gasps> and it was a, it was a little redemptive. I have to say for myself when when my monster got plucked out of anonymity and dropped into the pile of of monsters the monster yeah yeah oh yeah so the monster I i the monster i i submitted is the uh astral devourer and the inspiration for the monster was this like 30 second video clip of a tiny swarm uh, well, not tiny swarm, but this like swarm of of eels that is like perpetually feeding on the bottom of the ocean, but cycling up. So the top of the swarm cycles down to feed the bottom and they go from the bottom after feeding and cycle back up to the top and it like crawls forward. Mm. And so I made this whole monster that is this like extra planar swarm hive mind of of creature that that wants to eat sentient people to feed its its extra planar travelers specifically so it's looking for extra planar things to eat and it itself is from the uh, you know from the outer planes and uh it, it's a little bit of a cross between an ooze and uh and and a, a swarm kind it of thing is sounds the it perfectly horrible it is it's really fun so oh, nice. i had a very good development conversation with megan about it so it changed a bit through development but i'm pleased with the final result and and like i said it was a bit redemptive to be plucked anonymously from the pile nice. into there and 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 then inserted into the book very cool so yes
0: excellent uh, i of course can be found at nerdy people uh d and d um please don't give me money Go give it to someone like Ben. Just go for it. I,
1: I didn't say it. my My Twitter handle is Brick, with an extra oh, yes. K on the end. So it's B-R-I-C-K-K. Excellent. Because I am stout and square.
0: Awesome. Um, and yeah, yep. please please check out the Marguerite thing uh, that I'm doing. And please check out oh, the wonderful. Curse of Strahd. Um But he's a Railway Baron thing which I am currently editing the episode. So it's running late again. Yay. No shame. No, I'm done. (laughs) I've started it and that's the main thing, but everyone please love each other and take care of yourselves. Bye. Yes. Good night.